Welcome to the Leap of Faith podcast, a series of interviews with businesswomen and leaders who at some point in their life were called to play a different game in what they were creating in the world. Women who know how to run a business and feel called to share their Leap of Faith with us and reveal how this decision has impacted their business and their life. This podcast is to inspire you, to empower you, become still and ask yourself, Am I still on the right path? Or is there a different way that I don't see yet? My name is Marianne Hermsen, an online entrepreneur, business mentor and coach. I'm the founder of the Coach Business School, a training program for coaches, helping them build their business from a place of alignment, joy and strategy. I'm also a faculty member of the Coactive Training Institute, the world's largest in-person professional leadership training organization. I'm living in the Netherlands with my husband, Mark, and our two almost grown-up kids. And my most recent project, my sole project, is Leap of Faith and the Leap of Faith podcast. Today on the podcast, I have invited Mirida Miller. She's originally from America and living in Amsterdam. After almost eight years working in corporate design, she realized that other's definition of success wasn't hers. She took the leap in 2019 and founded Project Fearless, which offers after-school programs to girls, encouraging stepping out of their comfort zone and creating an impact in their communities. Welcome, Mirida, on today's podcast. Thank you. I'm super <laughs> excited to be here. Yes, I'm very excited to have you on the podcast today, and I... I I had an announcement on the, in the Facebook group where you're also uh, participating, She Dares, and you were one of the first to respond to, uh, to my uh, announcement, uh, who want to share their leap of faith. So um, I'm very interested to know more about your project Fearless, but first, yeah. it's about leap of faith. So I'm also curious to know a bit more about your journey um, your background and what made you decide to change course? Yeah, uh, it's funny. I always forget how how people first met, and I now now I remember the the Facebook post, and it spoke so much to me because this last year has been such a whirlwind. When I think about where I was this time last year, and um, to be honest, this time last year I was actually out on burnout. Um, because really? I had, yeah, and I, um, so I'd been under armor for seven and a half years, which is in corporate design, um, you know, and it had this very sexy name, you know, I was an advanced concept designer for the innovation team. So wow. anytime, anytime I said this name, you know, people's eyes were like, whoa. And, <laughs> and it, every time I said it, though, when I saw the reaction, I always felt really guilty because for so long, um, you know, the company was great, the title was great, but there was something about me that was something really deep inside of me that I knew was missing, and I couldn't figure it out, um, you know, and I'd go to my yearly review, and, and people would say, okay, so where do you see yourself in, in five years? What title do you want to be promoted to? And I, I hated that, because I felt like I had to lie to say something I wasn't, you know, and because at the end of the day, there, I knew that there was no title or promotion that I could get that would make me feel really happy. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> um, and I, uh, so last year, I think things kind of, I wouldn't say spiraled, but got to a, came to a point where, you know, leading up to last summer where I was just frantically trying to figure out what my why was, you know, and I was going to all these networking events and self-help things and reading these books. And, um, I kept can I stop, back. Can I stop you here? You were still working uh, in the company. At the yes. Time. I was still at the company. Yeah. So I knew that I wanted to leave the company, but I didn't know how, and I didn't know where. So I was, you know, getting interviews at really incredible other agencies um, but then I'd leave the interview and feel like this whole like big, I don't know, uh, this downshift, right? Because I would, mm -hmm. I would think I'd find my way out. It's like, oh, this is going to be it. This is going to be amazing. I'm going to go to this new company and it's going to be fantastic. Mm -hmm. And, and then I'd go to the interview and something was just ringing inside of me saying, that's not it. That's not it. 
Um, and so what's that, what's that voice that, that yeah. says that's not it? How I, do you it, know? It was, well, when I kept, so when I started really deep diving into myself and thinking about when I am my most authentic, when I am happiest and therefore making others happiest is three things really have to happen. So one is I have to be a little bit physically active, whether that's, you know, teaching fitness or sewing or baking. I have to be somewhat physically active. I have to create or be inside of a community where I can empower others and cheer people on. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third is creating an impact. I've always, you know, in my SOP volunteered, I've always helped to create an impact in others um, and the world around me. And those three things weren't being hit at Under Armour and they weren't being hit in any corporate job that I was searching for. Um, and then I, this, but this kind of, this resonated with me a lot because I realized, well, I can't be the only one who feels this pressure to stay in the corporate environment, but equally have this longing for something else. Mm. Um, and I thought about how many women I know who are, who are, have gone through burnout or experiencing a, a point in their careers where they're just realizing like, God, this isn't it, you know, and I feel something so missing from me. Um, and I realized like, wait a second, why haven't we taught the younger, why haven't we given the younger generation the tools and the, the, um, the knowledge that they can actually go down their own path, whatever their path may be. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm curious, how did you know those three, uh, missing yeah. links, like phys being physically active, mm -hmm. creating, empowering others and have an impact. Is that because you did uh, like a, a coaching program or I, just I by yourself? Yeah. I actually read this book. It's called what color is your parachute? Ah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a workbook and you know, my dad gave it to me and he said, look, you have to do the work, <laughs> you know, you can't, <laughs> you can't just read the book. You have to do the work. And I, what a, wise, what a wise dad you have. Yes, exactly. And, you know, and because and part of it was my family and everybody saying, go off and do your own thing. And I was like, okay, well, what is my own thing? You know, I don't know what my own thing is. So I did this book and I realized that my favorite job, and it, it wasn't a job because it didn't pay me, but I guess, you know, but I went, um, my favorite thing I've ever done, and I did it for five years, was I used to teach those with disabilities how to ski and snowboard. Oh. And when I really delved into what was it about that, you know, job, it was the three things, you know, it was creating an impact. It was empowering people to step out of their comfort zone. And I got to cheer them on. And it was being physically active, you know, snowboarding. And having an impact on them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, um, so I realized, okay, well, I, I can't do that here. Um, or, or I could, but that's not really my next, I, I knew that wasn't, I didn't want to replicate that, but I wanted to take the essence of what that was um, and create something new. And that's how Project Fearless came about. Taking mm. those three sort of pillars that are within myself and creating programs that speak to each of those pillars and connect them in a way that, um, girls can step out of their comfort zone. They can support each other. They can uh, try new things, find new skills and new loves, but also feel, do this without the pressure of needing to be the best or needing to be the first, um, which is a, an unfortunate thing that society, we, we tend to put pressure on ourselves with. Yeah, and I, I want to go one step back because I'm very yeah. interested in your leap of faith because you're already almost in the project now, mm -hmm. which I want to know more about. Yeah. Uh, but um, you knew at a certain moment, you know, okay, it's not giving me joy anymore to work, yeah. uh, you know, another promotion. And But what are, did you also have like physical signs? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So... And physical signs that I ignored for two years. Um, mm. If you talk to my doc, my doctor, um, you know, I had anything from, I had where I started getting weird cracks in my lips and between my fingers. Um, I lost my period for a year. Um, I was just, 
you know, my hormones were completely out of whack. I became very depressed. I felt like I was a shell of myself. You know, I just, nothing I could do was making me happy or making others happy. I was, um, and what know, age were you then? This was, well, it was 28 and 29. I, I turned 30 in December. So very, a very young woman having all yeah. those physical problems yes. by working in a fantastic company. Right, exactly. That, and so that was the hard thing, right? Because, you know, you, like I said, as I mentioned at the beginning, whenever I tell people what I did, um, everybody was, oh, wow. Or my parents, you know, were so proud to say she works at Under Armour and their friends would always say, oh, what an amazing company. And it was, but it just wasn't for me. And so, so, so your body is reacting what your mind can't do because you were also ignoring it. So, so what does it say about the wisdom of the body that you have so many signs? Oh, it's, well, now I've, you know, a year older and a little bit wiser um, <laughs> to realize that you, you have to listen to your body. And, you know, unfortunately, you are the only person who can finally make that final decision, right? You know, to say, yeah, yeah okay, I have to get out of this. Um, but for so long, I, I ignored all the signs and I just said, oh, no, it's, it's this or, oh, I've been more stressed before. It's that. Um, and it, but it was just, but my, my body was telling me it, this is not right. You know, it was a physical reaction to um, the, the sadness that I was feeling towards the job. Yeah. So it sounds to me that you were like uh, ignoring the feelings you had the feeling of sadness and by you know continuing to work being uh, like almost entertained by the work we have to do uh, your body at a certain moment said stop yeah absolutely absolutely you know I, I think what was interesting was so if I look back to all last year um, you know I was so I guess it was January, 2018, you know, I was going through this like manic phase of, of wanting get, to get out, but not knowing how, and I yeah. didn't feel comfortable just leaving. And so I was rushing to interviews. I was rushing to my portfolio. I was rushing to networking events. And then I went to this incredible uh, networking event and I was telling my story and I, at that point was, you know, the tears were welling up in my eyes and my nose. And I just said, all I want, and this was July, 2018 or yeah, July, 2018. And I said, all I want to do is be happy and help others. And thank goodness, the woman who was there, she said, she took a second who was like leading this course. And she said, well, what do they always tell you when you get on an airplane? You know, she said, you have to put your mask on before you help others. And she was like, until you can help yourself, if your end goal is to help others, you will, but you won't be able to do that until you've helped yourself. Yeah. What a wisdom. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I've heard it, it. I've heard it so often, but sometimes you forget that it's you, really of about course. self. Of course. Right. Yeah. You always forget, especially when you're in this state of like, I have to find a job. I have to do this. And um, so that night I, I went home and I wrote, I ended up writing the framework for project at the product fearless didn't have a name, but I ended up going home, went for a run, went home, wrote the project fearless framework. And then three months, three weeks later, my body was like, okay, you're done, you know? And your so, body. Yeah. So after that, so I had this kind of like explosion of thought. And then after mm -hmm. that is when everything three weeks later is when I went back, I went back to the doctor um, and it had, and had to go out on burnout. And that's something that I know about myself is that my body will let me get to the point of a finish, right? So whether it's a big meeting that I have to be at or a big project I have to deliver, it will let me get there. Mm -hmm. And then the day after I will fall really sick. You collapse. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's exactly what happened, but in a very big way. Um, and so you know, and it was actually really difficult, right? Because all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I have this amazing idea. I'm so excited. And then my body said, okay, it's time. You need to go, you need to, to, to rest. To, yes, to recoup. Um, mm. Yeah. Wow. 
and and it's only like one year ago that you're talking about yeah. so you had you had this like uh, you say uh burst of thoughts which i would call a creative outburst yeah <laughs> and then like after going to the doctor you realize you know i can't do it now because i first need to take a rest yes exactly and it was it was tough like those first yeah. two weeks of you know i remember talking to my doctor and i'm in tears and i'm saying i don't think this is the right decision i don't think this is fighting with my doctor of course um i don't think this is the right decision i i, I think i'm fine and he says okay well i have a year and a half of paperwork to show you you've been building to this moment. Um, you're not fine. Tonight you're going to go home. This is what you're going to do. And, and I'll tell you the first two weeks of, of burnout or three, actually it was full, a full month was, was really difficult. It was really difficult. Um, so what were you supposed to do? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. For such so, an active person. Yes, exactly. It was painful. Um, and luckily my doctor warned me. He said, look, these first three weeks for you are going to be really hard, really hard because you have been so used to going, going, going and filling your plate with stuff because you were so desperate trying to find what your thing was. Doing yunky. Yeah. Or um, that this, these next three weeks are going to be hard. So, you know, it was eat good food um take a walk every day uh meet with friends for coffee when you can and then of course go to the appointments that have scheduled for you um, and you were already living in the netherlands at that time yes yeah i was yeah. so i'd been in the netherlands for a year and a half at that point okay yeah just for the context oh yes yeah, sorry yes uh-huh uh-huh. And, um, but and how not, long did it take this this period of uh, how did you know when the burnout was over I think it was slow, like it was a slow, slow burn, if you will. Um, it, I was all of a sudden able to kind of see amongst, like see things for what they were, as opposed to just everything becoming this roadblock. Um, I was able to see the, the, the goodness in just being, or that it's okay to, um, not have a busy plate, you know? Yeah. Um, to, to, to me, it sounds like you had more clarity and awareness. Absolutely. That you absolutely. were waking up. Yeah. So does it resonate? No, exactly. That's exactly how it was. It was like, I took this moment of, of rest and, and then started getting back into things that I loved. Right. So I think I, I remember I had a friend who said, who said to me, and she said it in, innocently, but uh, she clearly had was not going through the same thing I was, but she said to me, oh, I wish I was in your shoes because I would just go to the beach and lay in the park every day. Yeah. And, 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 what, and what were the things you said, you know, just do the things I like. What were the things you, you, you did at that time that you really liked? Well, so at the beginning, I didn't do anything. You know, at the beginning, I couldn't, I, you would, so that's what I mean when my friend said that and I remember looking at her thinking, you have no idea because it's actually not, it's not just, oh, you cl flip the switch, you don't go to work anymore, you feel great. That's not how it works. No. You, you don't go to work in the first three weeks, you feel like a complete failure shell, whatever of a person. Mm -hmm. And I had all this time, you know, clearly, but I couldn't even bring myself to sew and I love to sew, but I was, I couldn't even get myself up to sew, which is um for me a big sign to say like yeah things were things were not good um and i think but that also was a sign when i started to come out of the burnout and feel more alive and more connected with myself that i could go back and start sewing i started baking again in a big way and um really enjoying these moments for what they were the simple things yeah mm, yeah wonderful so and this was July last year. Yes. And, and when did you start to get back on track or start working again on your own uh, terms? Yeah. So I, that was end of December. I quit. Like that was when I finally, I had my conversation with Undarmer to say, you know, I've taken my 
time to think about what I'm doing. And I realized that this, this isn't the, the, the route I want to go forward with. And how um, did they respond? They were super supportive. You know, they were very supportive. They all felt, um, you know, I have to say, I'm sure my boss knew, like could see it coming for a while. Um, mm -hmm. Because I knew I wasn't performing at my best within Under Armour. And I knew I wasn't being my best self. You know, I started to be somebody who I didn't like. And I was not very nice. <laughs> um, I, I felt I wasn't delivering very good work. Um, and I, I think they, I think they saw it and they, and they were very kind and very supportive and said, you know, well, we appreciate you being honest because I think there's also, you know, a lot of companies fear the people who just, some people can take burnout for an indefinite period. Um, and they felt they were very supportive of what I had to do. And they have since been very supportive. And since the launch of Project Fearless has, have actually shared, you know, our posters around the company. And um, wow. yeah, so it's, it's been wonderful. Yeah. It's so really it's, it's really, you know, your leave really has nothing to do with the company itself. No. It was really like, you know, the word I would use is that like your soul wanted to do something differently and giving you signs through your body that you had to change course. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and and I think they are, they are. I don't know how to say that, but they were very open and receptive, and we had honest, honest conversations the whole time during you know the time I was out, um, when I felt it was appropriate, and and they supported me, and and that felt really good because of course it's terrifying, you know, I was leaving a safe space that I had mm -hmm. been in since I, so I started at Under Armour when I was still finishing university. So it, it really was all I knew. Yeah. It was the, the only company you really worked at and you, you, you had all the possibilities to, uh, to grow and be promoted. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. It was all I knew. So it, so, yeah. And then it was December and mm -hmm. uh, you quit or it was finished. Yep. And then what? Yeah. And then I spent, uh, well, uh, then I started picking up some part-time jobs um, because I felt I'd never been a freelancer before, you know, and I wanted to maximize this new found freedom. So I became a fitness instructor part-time um, and that filled, you know, my circle of empowering people and cheering people on and being physical. And being physical. Yep. Yep. Um, I started custom baking, um, which is the, the creative and physical side of me as well. Um, and I also became a, a part-time professor, uh, which was great because I got to interact with, you know, young students. Mm. Um, but I, during this time, I was also writing the business plan for Project Fearless. Um, and, uh, the other, you know, the other jobs which I had were great, but they helped keep me going because when something is just in a business plan stage, it's kind of hard to believe in it or, or to see a timeline, you know, and, and so I... Um, you were putting it in practice. Yeah, exactly. So I was able to keep these other things that were keeping me going, giving me, you know, energy while Project Fearless was still just on paper. Um, and then in... April, I applied for an accelerator program at the Impact Hub here in Amsterdam. Not, I don't know if you know the Impact Hub, but it's a... I heard about it, yeah. Yeah, it's a community, a networking, co-working space, and event space for um, impact makers. So whether you are a nonprofit or a for-profit, your main goal is to create an impact. Um, and I started an accelerator program with them. Uh, in April and that finished in June. And, and what was your purpose to do that program? I felt that I needed guide rails. You know, uh, when you're starting a business, especially a business that I've never done before, um, I really wanted guide rails and homework, to be honest. Mm. <laughs> to be so, held accountable. Yeah, or, or just to tell me what my next steps could be because there's so many next steps. But, yes. but which ones are the right steps, you know? Yeah, and what's the first step to take and then the next yeah, one? Yeah. yeah, and sometimes that can be really almost paralyzing. You're like, ah, I have or to do all this stuff. Yeah, I have to do all this stuff. And, 
I don't know which stuff is the right stuff to do at the moment. And if, uh, yeah, so I, it was great. It was a really helpful, very supportive team group environment that we were all working on these different programs and great coaching and uh, advice. Uh, and, and then also just accountability. So, you know, it was great because on Thursdays I went to the impact hub and I worked on project fearless. Um, yeah. Where so it gave you kind of something a structure. That's exactly, yeah, that's the word structure. Exactly. Um, because, you know, working from home was great, but I would get very distracted. Like, Oh, well actually I could do some baking right now or actually yes. I could just, you know, <laughs> I could just, uh, grade those papers, you know, where, yeah. when I and had what you're, a, what you're sorry. saying here, you know, I, Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Working from home sounds great when you're working at a corporation. Yes. And I also have worked, you know, uh, in, uh, as an uh, employer, an employee. And uh, working from home needs, requires d discipline and something you have to learn. And it's good to be also with other entrepreneurs Absolutely. Uh, in, in events or, yeah, like co-working spaces or what you say, Impact Hub, in order to be inspired. Otherwise, it's all coming from yourself and Absolutely. that's not working. Absolutely. And it's also just great to feel that you're not, yeah, like not by yourself, you know, because being an entrepreneur can be super lonely. And, and even though nobody else is working on Project Fearless at, at the Impact Hub, we all could at least, you know, laugh about, oh yeah, this happened to me. Um, has something similar happened to you? Yes. Or um, mm. I'm really struggling with you know, a lot of us struggle with work-life balance because yeah. when you start you something that you truly love, I mean, like it is, it's all, it's, I can't turn my head off, which is I'm working on right now. <laughs> so you're dreaming, you're dreaming about Project Fearless. Yeah. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. And it's, and it's in one hand, like that's so special, right? That is incredible that I found, I truly believe I found what I was born to do. Wow. And, and it, 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 it hits all the pieces of me, but at the same time, I still need to take a break, you know? Yes. <laughs> and so that's really hard. And, and I, we often have those conversations with my friends at the impact hub of like, how do you turn off from something that you love? You know? Yeah. That's really the pitfall of being, uh, doing your passion. Yeah. Working on your, it, it's like, it's, 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 asking you day and night energy but but it, again the same counts and you know that too that you first have to put your uh, oxygen mask on Front. first before you can help others so this is about self-care and i'm a coach so i know all about it yes. and I'm helping other people to to be you know every business starts with how do i want to feel and if i don't feel good how can you help others to feel better or empower them when you don't take care of yourself yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that balance is probably the one of the the top hardest balances I'm working on right now, but I'll learn, you know. And the funny thing is that that, that this is work life balance is a big issue in corporations and how you are working doing what you love and it's still like one of the most important uh, issues to 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 face. Uh, working as eh, super lonely, you say sometimes, and creating from yourself, creating from your source, and so eh, by so you say you're still in this impact hub. This is a co-working space in order to nourish your yourself and be and ask for help. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm there. You know, our courses are right now. We're three days a week after school, so um, I'm usually at the impact hub about two to three days a week. Um, and I've, I've met some incredible friends, re like really, really cool friends, um, through the impact hub. Um, and we talk about everything from being an entrepreneur to just personal stuff. And it, it's great to have those, you know, co-working buddies, if you will. Um, yeah. And, and let's talk a bit more about project fearless because I introduced it quickly, but people maybe have no ID. Yeah. Um, so your dream was to, to help, uh, uh, girls, eh? uh, encouraging, yeah. stepping them out of their comfort zone and creating an impact. So, so what was like your first step in bringing project fearless out in the world? Um, 
Wow. Let me try to, that's hard. Um, You know, because first it was on paper and then at a certain moment it's alive. It's alive. Yeah. Gosh. And And that's the most difficult step. I know because I'm also helping uh, entrepreneurs to build their business. Taking the first step is the most difficult. Yes. So I think the first big public announcement really was the day we launched our website. So um, on June 13th, was the end day of the, that accelerator program at the Impact Hub. And all of those who were in the program with me, there was 11 of us, we all gave a 90-second pitch. Um, and I knew that I wanted my website to be live on that day because I wanted to, at the end of the day, to tell at, at my pitch to say, go to projectfearless.org. Yeah. And, and, and um it was the first time I, I, I said it out loud. You know, I said, I am the founder of Project Fearless. And it was really cool. Yeah, um, I can imagine. Yeah, it felt really cool. And I, we ended up, or I ended up winning that pitch, uh, which was amazing. And that gave us a huge, um, it gave me that sort of support that I needed to, for myself, really. Um, at the time, it was just me. So I, I didn't have a team. I was still saying we because it felt less lonely. Um, <laughs> And I, and I always wanted to be a we, you know, I always wanted to have a team. Um, and so that was really the big unveil. If you so will. you had the pitch, you had your website live and you mm-hmm. said, I am the founder of, we are the founder or I'm the founder of Project, Project Fearless. Yep. Yes. And there was no way back. There was no, yeah. After that, it was after that it was on and it really was like, so literally, I mean, I was working... I worked hard, of course, you know, and I hired an incredible brand and uh, brand strategy and brand identity team. Um, these women who I, I hired them, started working with them in April because I, as a designer background, you know, looking at a black and white business plan was just killing me. It was, yes. <laughs> it was so boring. So, and I had a very big, strong vision of how I wanted Project Girls to look. You know, I wanted our website to look like we were here to stay we are making our stance we weren't just a um a uh, an ad hoc website like i wanted it to be strong and beautiful and and bold just like i want our girls to feel and um so this team was incredible and they believed in the vision and the mission of project fearless which i am so thankful that we aligned at the time that we did um their name yeah. they're mac and more they are these two incredible women and they live in England actually. And we've never met physically, but um, our energy has just been natural from the beginning. Um, and so, you know, we, I had the pitch one, I had the website launch, shared it in all the social channels. Um, I took a day off after that. So that was a Thursday. <laughs> I took that Friday to bake. Good. Um, That's a good way to recover. Yes. Exactly. You know, I, I tell people baking is my yoga. Um, and on that Monday, I put a call out for coaches saying, here's what we're doing. Here's when I want to start. I'm looking for people who have backgrounds in all of these areas. Let's talk. And within a week, I had over 40 applications um, of women from all different backgrounds, all who uh, were defining success on their own terms, all who had a passion and drive to empower the next generation. And it's just been a rocket ship since then. Yeah. And, and how was it for you that, that you had 40 applications, that there are 40 women aligned with your vision and mission? How was it for you? Oh my gosh. I mean, it overwhelming in the best way possible. You know, it, it, it it just felt like, wow, you know, this is so, this means something, right? This means something. We haven't even given it to the girls yet, but clearly this resonates with women who have once been girls. Um, And so I think it was in July, we had our first team meeting and I had 17 women who had never met before. All women of, again, different backgrounds, different uh, career paths, different trajectories. And we had this incredibly beautiful bonding team meeting at, that just set us up for an incredible launch and an incredible 
registration period and we're just going going yeah i'm i'm really silent i'm you know i'm with awe now when yeah. i listen to this how would it be that if every team would be formed this way you know first there is you who is you know living her values sharing her passion with the world on this june 13 yeah. have the website live announce that you are looking for people so there is something contagious about people who live their passion like you yeah. and it attracts the same kind of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's, you know, I, I was just talking to one of the coaches on our team and you know, project fearless wouldn't be project fearless without the coaches that we have. And I'm so thankful for them. And, um, but it, and I was, I don't know if you've seen this hilarious Ted, it's a TEDx talk um, about the crazy person on the hill. No. I, can, I can send you the link. And oh, it's, good. And it's a, a guy who he's talking about how you start a movement. And everybody thinks the person who starts the movement is actually is the, is the person who's leading the march. You know, he, you know, everybody says, oh, it's the leader who has, has created this movement. And so in this film, there's the crazy, like a really probably drunk guy uh, at a music mm -hmm. festival dancing on this hill by himself just crazy and yes. so so when you look at it you think oh yeah he's the one who's who's led this march to the craziness because then all of a sudden there's these first adopters who come in and they start then dancing and then others feel oh well it's not so crazy if those people have joined i'm gonna join too and then that's when you get the massive momentum yes so i feel like yes i was the crazy person on the hill on june 13th mm -hmm. but i wasn't what started the momentum it's those first adopters, who early, heard, adopters. early adopters who heard me and said, I'm going to support this dance and I'm going to go with her. And that just gives me, you know, I could I like, I'm very an emotional person, but I just <laughs> right now thinking about them because they've, they've given project fearless what it is, you know, and so thankful. It's, it's, yeah, it's, and it's the recognition of everything you believe in and, and, and the whole journey you had to walk from being, you know, a university student to working in a corporation, not being happy, having a burnout, and then have these ideas of, you know, there are three things. I want to be physically active. I want to empower others. And I want to have an impact. And you were hurt by those people. Isn't that beautiful? How, how? Yeah. I would call this is energy you know this is energy work you were so vibrant you are so like on a high energy level vibration that it's like a radio station attracting yeah. those other women on the same station yeah that's i mean that's how I, I guess that's true yeah like i love that idea of the same station yeah like just we're all running for the same reasons you know we yeah. all have this internal motivation um because we've all been young girls, we've all been through what it takes to, to survive, you know? And then also we have this motivation now to do something for, it's not just the girls, what, what Project Fearless has actually shown me that I didn't think about. I went in it for the girls, but actually it's given life and voice to so many women as well, which is equally just as powerful and that's and you, so you mean the women who are in your team who are working as volunteers with yeah. those girls mm -hmm. or we're giving back to the community yes exactly and we've had women from all you know i've had and also just parents you know so i've had moms who said of course we have people who say oh i wish i had this when i was younger but we have moms who are just thankful you know is that i'm so thankful she's had this opportunity to join you I'm so, um, you know, is there anything we can do? You're do just giving us the, like, you're doing a great job, you know, and sometimes that's all you yeah. need, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so you, you get this acknowledgement from those mothers also, like unexpected yeah. benefits. Yes, that's exactly it. It's the unexpected benefits. It's the, like I said, I started it thinking, oh, it's just for the girls, and then come to find out, no, this is actually for women as well. It's the community. And, mm -hmm. um, and what kind of projects are now being launched they're all in Amsterdam, right? Yep. So at the moment, we're all in Amsterdam. Um, we have, right now we're running three programs. We have skateboarding, which is on Monday, and that's in collaboration with uh, an, another really cool group called Women Skate the World. And uh, they are, their whole, uh, what's it called? Their whole mission is to get more 
uh, girls and and um, women into skating and to skateboarding. Um, so that's on Mondays, and on Tuesdays we have the Mind and Movement Lab. And on I love that word, the yeah. Mind and Movement Lab. It's really fun. It's really fun. Um, I, and then on Fridays we have Design for Impact, which is about uh, human-centric design, how to look at a community and solve an issue that the community is facing um, by understanding the community and not just giving somebody a solution. You're actually understanding what their problem is and how to work within the community to create an actual impactful solution. Wow. Yeah. So those girls, what, what is the age, the average age of the girls you are uh, attracting or yeah, so, envisioning? Uh, so the girls, we are, our, our courses are for girls nine through 14. Um, because that's actually been, you know, a proven age where girls tend to, you know, the highest rates of self-doubt, self-criticism, and the really need for strong role models is at its highest during those ages. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we don't like to use the word prevention or intervention, but it's really the, the idea that that's a crucial time when Young yeah people. yeah when you young change you know i think we all so much. we have like identity crises when we are around yes. nine. we want to be bigger we want to wear makeup yeah maybe we get our periods already or your first exactly. bra and when you're 14 you know you're almost done and yes. either you're very insecure or you're you know you know having looking, a good time yeah or, or even just looking for what's next you know like yeah. i remember when i'm trying to you know think back when i was young or even for for so many years like who was my who was my role model you know like and um so that we really believe in in showing the girls a diverse group of, of role models you know from professionals to experts to uh those who are just enthusiasts in different spaces and how do we um give girls lots of different options for who they can look up to and, and why, you know, um, we, we really like to express the feeling of that only you can define your own set of success. And, and anybody has the, 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 has what it takes to be a leader in their own terms. Um, yeah. Wonderful. I love it. And um, of course, yeah, you, you said you have a business plan and you started it you're, to roll it all out and it's, you're working with three uh, different programs now. Yep. And what, what would be your next step? Did you already think about it? If you want to share <laughs> yeah. it with us, of yeah. course. <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah, that, I mean, that's one of the main other struggles I'm dealing with right now is you've, you know, of course you have your like the goals that have to get done today, right? You know, like I have to buy tampons, apples, and notepads for the class tomorrow. <laughs> like that. But then I also have to email parents. And then I have to think about the long-term goals. Like, okay, we're doing this again. You know, this isn't just one time we do these great programs and then we walk away. So I need to start thinking about um, how we position ourselves to make this a sustainable uh, company, you know, mm -hmm. um, Right now, we're a foundation, so we rely on corporate sponsors. And um, but at the moment, I'm not being paid, and my staff isn't being paid, and or because we're all volunteers, but that's not sustainable, right? So I I, um, I need to figure out what the model is, and I have a good idea of what the model is to create this sort of larger reaching impact, plus making it a sustainable business in itself, um, while keeping impact in the girls at the forefront. Um, our 2020 goal is that we will have our own space. Um, I really believe in having our own clubhouse where we can offer a lot of the different courses out of. Um, there's certain courses at the moment that we'd like to offer, which we can't due to just limitations of our space. Um, so that's the big goal for 2020. And then also we want to be able to offer courses five days a week and have summer camps. Wow. It's, you know, it, it, when I, when you're talking about it, I can visualize this. Can you too? Can you see your clubhouse yeah. having yeah. courses five days, yeah. days a week? And definitely. And, and wasn't, you know, back to uh, the time you were starting to write your IDs, it was all just 
on paper mm-hmm. and then you also had to visualize it in order to keep it going so isn't this you know i'm now a bit referring to how um how every new idea starts from nothing and you know 2020 you have you envision new things which are not there yet but because you see them already they will happen do you believe yeah. in that too yes absolutely absolutely you know i um I had somebody who, you know, because I think it can be really hard to, to realize, uh, well, think about the things that you're proud of, you know, like realize how far you've come. Mm-hmm. And, and some days feel like you've done nothing, you know, but if you really look back into your last six months, you know, what, wow, what have I done? You know, where was I six months ago? Holy, holy crap. Um, and somebody... I think it was like a couple months ago because I, I did it just a couple months ago. She said, write down six things that you're proud of yeah, from this date. Yeah. It, no, not six. Three things. The last six months, write down three things you're very proud of. And then write down three things that you want to and will accomplish in the next six months. And, and I did it. And I wrote those things down. And it's amazing that when you really write them down and you say like, yeah, here's what I'm working towards. Here's what I'm going to do and set those North star goals. It, it, it happens. Yeah. I love the word North star goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something we also use in the coaching, of course. And, and what you're talking about is how hey, you create like a gratitude journal almost. So, so what yeah. am I grateful for? And uh, talking again about vibration and the law of attraction, for example, if you, uh, gratitude is one of the highest vibrations in terms of the emotional uh, scale. And, yeah. uh, uh, that's gratitude, love, and joy. So what you're doing is giving you joy. Uh, I think you are in love with your project and your <laughs> company and your team. That's what I'm hearing. And, and there is so much gratitude in you. So this, are, uh, this all will help you grow your business apart from having a business plan, of course. But um, without this, it wouldn't ha- happen. Do you agree with me? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, every, uh, I, every, night bef- or every night before I go to bed, I, <laughs> when I'm trying to, sorry, not every night, every morning when I wake up, before I touch my phone, I list the things that I'm grateful for. This is your secret. This is my secret. Yeah. <laughs> and then if I... And then if I can't go to bed at night, I do, this is so dorky, but I'm going to share it with you. My, um, my grateful ABCs. So I literally go down the alphabet and I say one thing I'm grateful for that starts with the letter of the alphabet. So oh, fantastic. <laughs> so this, this, this might be the answer to my last question. Okay. But maybe you have, a, maybe you have an older answer. So my, this is wonderful. The grateful ABC. <laughs> um, so my last question would be, uh, what would be, what would be your golden tip for the listeners? Oh, um, I think to share your story. That's really, you know, stay authentic to yourself and share your story. Um, I think for so long, oh yeah, I can start my video again. Yeah. For so long, I didn't take my hair down <laughs> for so long. I didn't share my story because I didn't know what my story was or I, or I felt I didn't know what my story was, but in, in reality, it was always there. And when I started telling people and sharing with people my story, the more people gravitated towards me or the more answers started unraveling or, or doors opening. And it goes to what you were saying is that, you know, when you um, kind of let yourself be authentic, people feel that vibration and things start happening. So you never know... And I, we don't want to say like, oh, I'm the solution to your problem or you're the solution to my problem, but it's true. Like you never know who's listening. You never know who is looking for you or what you have to offer, whatever that may be. Yeah. And Um, and when you say share your story, do you mean go public on social media or just share it with friends, people, parents? You know, it's, Uh, it's really whatever your mode of, of sharing is. If you're very comfortable on social media and that's where you, your follow, you know, your listeners listen to you, then share it on social media. For me, uh, it's just friends. Um, you know, at the beginning when Project Fearless was just 
a business plan, it was almost not embarrassing, but like it was, I, I didn't share that story. I didn't share that part of me because I felt I didn't have anything to show. And I can understand that, you know, I can understand why that's harder because people are like, oh, that's a great idea, but don't really, don't, can't really visualize it. Um, but every time I shared it and every time I told people what I was working towards and what I wanted to do, the idea became more concrete and I yeah. felt more concrete talking about it. Yeah. Which is really what's important. So by the time June 13th happened, I was like, hell yeah, this is my story. <laughs> this is what we're doing. So we're you were comfortable with your own story. But, but I can imagine, you know, uh, uh, that some people say, yes, but how do I know my story? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you, that's why you shared your story. And that's why I want to share it with others. Because there are, I think there are women stuck. Of course. Really like, yes, you have a story. <laughs> you know your three, you know, the, the essence, yeah. the three points, you know, mm-hmm. which are important for you. So, so, so just imagine there's a woman listening who really wants to change her life but she doesn't know what her story is yeah so what to do and that's hard i mean my what i don't know if this actually worked for me but my personality is somebody who's like i'm gonna try everything you know i just attack with everything so i i was volunteering at this place i was interviewing at this place i was sewing baking whatever in the background um and sometimes the the hardest process can often be to find out what you don't want to do. Mm, that yeah. can, can be the hardest process, but it's actually the best process because you realize I don't want to work in a corporate environment. Yeah. I, if you, that's a good one. If you don't know what you, what you want, you know what you don't want. At yeah. Least. And that's, and that helps at least narrow down the field. Yeah. Right. Um, and then also just, really thinking about taking some time with yourself and thinking about when you are you where when you feel your most authentic right um and for me like i said it was when i was sewing or baking or teach or, or empowering others and those themes will start to pop up they won't be easy because at first you're like well i'm just baking you know what, what's yeah. baking? but the idea came from the book your father gave you Mm-hmm. What color is your parachute? So yeah. by sharing your that you felt miserable with a person, which was your parents or it can, parents or it can be somebody else, there will always be somebody with an ID. Like this is a book. Maybe you have to read this. Yeah. So if that's you don't say anything, nothing will happen. Right, and that's part of sharing your story. <laughs> it is good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's even if your story, if even if you think your story sucks, like share it. You know? Share it. Yeah, with somebody you trust. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that, so maybe that's that's a good conclusion to this and i really want to thank you for being so vulnerable about your process about all the steps you've taken and uh, and hopefully even if there would be only one woman woman listening who knows now what to do yeah. it will, will for me will be a gain will be a success you know Absolutely. and this will be the ripple because you are creating a ripple you have changed your course you are now uh, impacting the lives, not only of those uh, girls, but also of those female coaches, trainers, who are also contributing and giving back to the community. So thank you for being on this uh, Leap of Faith podcast and sharing yeah. your Leap of Faith. And uh, oh, thank you. Thanks for opening this up. I mean, you, you gave, you shared your story to create the opportunity for others. So thank you for, for doing that.